Everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I am your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I am joined to my right by the Reverend Joe Laporta. How's it going, dude? Well. Well. Very well. Uh, also with us this evening, Carlos Ramirez. What's up, man? Evening, fellas. How's it going? Not bad. Cracking open. Ah, that's kind of whoop-ass. <laughs> that's what uh, Joe's going to get this week in fantasy, at least. Oh. I, uh, Joe and Carlos are playing against each other in fantasy football this coming weekend, so the smack talk is beginning. It should be a good game between gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I have uh, Christian McCaffrey and, and Dalvin Cook, the number one, number two running backs in the uh, in fantasy right now, so I feel pretty good. Yeah, I also have several players that I expect to put up points. <laughs> I uh, I'm interested in uh, uh, to see what the uh, Vikings do because they uh, they had some very publicly angry wide receivers this weekend. <laughs> it's like they might have to start throwing the ball. <laughs> Could have thrown the ball past like six yards. Yeah. All right, dude, man. Like that's a quarterback. He's right there. <laughs> he I'm not can really hear you. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on there with with uh, with Mr. Cousins. He. Uh, I mean, uh, he didn't seem like, he didn't seem like a gun shy quarterback to me, so I don't know. Uh, but well, I'm not complaining. I yeah, keep, keep running, <laughs> right? Well, I know the coach is a run first kind of guy, but anyhow, the Vikings. So uh, this is going to be kind of a random week. Um, we are going to see what comes up. So, um, all right. Well, what do you got to drink? I have. I have an Innocent Gun Blood Red Sky Rum Barrel Red Beer, which is very good. I do. I love Innocent Gun, so this is one of my favorites. Joe, what do you got kicking over there? I have a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which is quite tasty. Uh, yes, the Oktoberfests. Those are always fun. It's a good time of year for that. Carlos, what do you got, man? I got water again. Water? Yeah. Michael water! Michael. <laughs> oh yeah, the Mick Ultra. That's right. The Mick Ultra, <laughs> nice and refreshing as always. Yes, re- the refreshing Mick Ultra. <laughs> I, I bought a twenty-four pack. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's gonna last you a while. <laughs> I still haven't finished them. <laughs> I like drink like eight of them in a row, and I go, okay, I'm still sober. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about worlds coming up. So, um, you know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of. Uh, supposition going on at the moment about you know the meta um a lot of talk about the uh nantex and sunfock and how that's going to be affecting the meta and uh so i think uh you know with no real with not a lot of real major tournament data points between uh you know between wave five coming out and worlds coming up it is uh it's it's kind of a mystery meta a little bit at the moment and it's going to be really interesting to see what shows up if uh it'll be interesting to see if like a bunch of sun fox shows up or a bunch of stuff that was built to deal with sun fox shows up and then there isn't that much sun fox to deal with so <laughs> um it, it, it's gonna be interesting to see how that how that plays out and how that swings around so i know um you know just looking at meta wing um for example the uh the separatist swarms have really been showing up a lot lately so your vulture Vulture droids, your seven and eight ship uh, uh, 
vulture swarms, basically. Uh, the seer swarm in particular being a popular one with, you know, eight, uh, eight ships in there with all, all with the seer ability to, to be able to crack shot um, by spending a calculate token, which is, seems pretty good to me. So, Carlos, what do you think about these, um, these uh, separatist lists? Um, it seems like they've been, these swar- separatist swarms have been getting real popular lately. Um, I, I definitely like the versions with TI, uh, TA-175. It looks like some people have started to come around to that. Um, I've always, always seen that the, that card specifically is much more efficient than Kraken. And yeah. it's cheaper. And I, people have started to finally kind of get over the fact that they're just going to lose vultures in that first pass. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost a done deal. It's almost a guarantee. And if it doesn't die, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If, if you don't lose one of your drones in the first engagement, um, TA-175 triggers, that's a good thing. And yeah. if it does trigger, it is also a good thing because then you have uh, well, a little bit of extra calculate tokens for your energy shell charges. You can throw in a few more crits. Um, I played against this actually yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just that's it, just a ton of damage um, in that open engagement um, once you trigger that TA-175. So yeah. I don't know if uh, would the counter strategy be to not kill one and just spread damage. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know that's, how I would uh, counter counter against that. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough, and I think it depends a lot on on your list and what you what you brought. But uh, yeah, I think if you you know killing one obviously and setting off TA one seventy five can be dangerous, but it depends on how much stuff you ended up in. I had. I had a 10-hole ship. I had Arc 170 with 10 health. Yeah. And they they killed it and still had two or three extra shots left. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, Because the energy shell charges triggered and he had extra calculate tokens, Like they were just basically all fully modded with crits at the end. So it's, yeah. it's pretty brutal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like I said. I think it depends. It's a, the strategy against it varies wildly depending on what you brought to to, to fly against it. But the uh, yeah, these, these are tough lists. It's just a lot of bodies on the table. And I guess it, it, my thought on these is that you know these are kind of to me at least the most thematic of the separatist lists. Um, this this the seer swarm specifically uh, with TA one seventy five because it's like. You know, it's the maximum amount of ships. You know, these are small little cheap ships. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to run a lot of them. And it's just maximizing the overall just points efficiency of of them. Um, uh, with TA-175 kind of just, you know, basically just setting up. And that and that card has like a, it has like a, 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 a benchmark, you know, or like a... You know, it's a, a tipping point, basically. So once it reaches, um, you know, when you have enough ships in a list and you, you, you kind of cross that tipping point, it suddenly becomes really, really good. Um, you know, I don't think, obviously, it's not the kind of card you would use with a, a four four ship or even five ship list. I think you'd, you'd need to get minimum over to six in order for it to be, for its value to start showing up and really seven or eight. So, um, but I, I feel like this is... interesting to see the efficiency between... 
those two cards, Kraken and TA-175, depending on how many ships are left. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I don't know how to do the statistics on that kind of stuff, but I, my, my guess is that, you know, Kraken would be far more efficient in the, you know, sub-six ship lists, and then I feel like it's six and above TA-175 starts to take over on that on that bell curve. But, you know, again, like, I'm no statistician, statistician so. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's, uh, I think that's what, what would probably be the case, so. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I think there's going to be a lot of separatist um, stuff at Worlds. And I don't even know if it's, like I said, I, I think there may be, there's as good a chance for it to be these seer swarms or, or other vulture swarms as it is to be, um, you know, a Nantex thing of some sort. Um, you know, I mean, you could do Sunfock with a mini swarm, uh, with a swarm. But I think uh, some of these other ones, people have been gotten a lot more playtime in with them. I think there's a lot of people who've, who've, who've definitely put a lot of board time in with this stuff, and they're probably comfortable enough with it to bring it to Worlds. I feel like Sunfock is still very much in the people are toying with them arena, and there's a lot of people that are probably going to decide not to bring them because, or the, the Nantex in general, because it's a very weird ship to fly. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, um, I mean, uh, the Dow's great. It's, it's just, yeah. it's unproven. I think mm-hmm. that's the one thing, if you take a risk a little bit by taking it uh, to an event of this kind of size. So. Yeah, so it's uh, it's got a lot to prove yet, and um, it'll it'll be interesting to see. And I, I think it does, is going to take time for people to figure out uh, how to fly it and how to build around it exactly. So, um, all right, any any other lists that you've uh, you've been kind of seeing or lately, or or you anticipating to see at Worlds? Thinking you know, thinking about already. Uh, Republics are still, Republic lists are still strong. I think it just has viability from like every chassis in in the in the faction. Uh, so Delta Seven, the Naboo Fighter, the Arc One Seventy, the V Nineteen. I obviously I haven't really delved too much into the new Y Wing. Yeah. Um, it just seems like another filler ship kind of in between the v19 and the arc yeah uh, so i think it's just dependent on points yeah uh, whatever you may have left on your list um so i i'm looking towards that faction and then obviously empire just with the amount of bases and if you can get uh past the sun fuck whatever and snare kind of match up i think those are just wreck pretty much anything else yeah i think the uh, Imperial Ace's lists are very strong overall. It's um, this gets a little bit into the meta warping effect, I think, of the Nantex, and I, I don't. There's there's plenty of counterplay to the Nantex um, and Sunfock. Let's put it that way. There's there's a lot of different things out there you can play to counter it. The issue is that it also very much hard counters other things. So it's it's created kind of a kind of a paper rock scissors effect, I think, in the meta. And there's, you know, so it becomes a list building issue. Um, you know, you, you have to account for it in some form or fashion in your list. Not that you're necessarily going to run into it or, or at a tournament, but you, you kind of have to account for it because if you don't and you do run into it, it's going to wreck you. So, <laughs> um, so that's, it's, I think that's going to affect a lot of people's decisions. I, I will be really interested to see how many imperial ace type things show up uh if they get scared away or not um 
uh, or if they make changes and adjustments um, in order to to try to give themselves some sort of tool to deal with Sunfock. So, um, which is kind of tough. I mean, I, th- I think, uh, you know, I, if you have the bid, uh, you know, the Imperial Aces, you know, Vader and Sunter together moving after Sunfock um, is, is really, you know, that's the best way to do it. Um, but the problem is, I think oh, anybody who's probably contemplating bringing Sunfock to Worlds is also probably contemplating a very deep bid because Separatist actually is really good at taking a super deep bid. It's it's pretty easy to take a vulture out of a out of a yeah. out of a list and get a nineteen yeah. point bid. <laughs> exactly, you just bring one those ship. Yeah, easy enough. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out, where the bids sit on the. Uh, on the Sun Fox squads and how they sh- and, and how they show up to Worlds. So and again, like I said, I, I, I'm actually am truly curious to see how many uh, Imperial Ace lists or Ace lists in general. Even the Jedi. I mean, the Jedi don't like the, the Nantex any more than the Imperials do. So how much of that stuff shows up? I think the Republic Jedi list will probably still show up with um, you know, like especially the Obi Wan sense list that one. Um, uh, what did it win? Gen Con, right? The Republic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the what was it? The Anakin, Obi Wan, uh, and uh, Rick. Yeah. yeah. With, with sense on Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, the sense start. Did he do the R two A six as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. He did the sense R two A six, and then R two Astromech on. And, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And then Marcus, obviously, who we had on the podcast. Um, made it to the final table at uh, Nova with that same list. So I know we've been discussing it, you know, off air and chat and all that stuff. This is only list that I haven't actually like. Okay, what what about this? Like, I it's is this in any kind of situation now, like a liability uh, with this whole you know, new ship, like, is that, do you consider that not a lose in that situation? Are you, t- are you talking about for the, uh, for the Republic Aces thing that we just, yeah. So yeah. find that list versus, and then you see, uh, an ensnare ship across the board. How do you, how are you feeling about that right now? Um, I, th- bec- I think it's a pretty bad matchup for the, for, for that specific list. Um, just because it doesn't carry much of a bid, and so it's super easy. I mean, Sunfock can you can run Sunfock with six Vulture droids with ensnare on him and be and, and have an eight point bid. Um, so I, I don't think it's uh, it's it's it, it, when you only run a, a, I think what at most you're going to run maybe a four point bid on that on the um, the Republic list on that specific version if you you know kind of maybe swap some stuff around a little bit so and it's also i mean it's also kind of pointless to do it if, especially if you have a full knowledge you know with sense yeah it's like it, that. So it's, yeah it just seems kind of irrelevant to yeah try to save points yeah the the, the problem is just that sense doesn't really help you against sunfog <laughs> it's like having the knowledge to block him doesn't mean anything when you just block him and all he does is give you a tractor beam Track, uh, track beam himself first to reposition himself and then and then try and then give it to you and reposition you as well so like you don't want to be at range if you're an ace 
a small base ship you don't want to be at range one of him <laughs> you want to fight him at three at range three and two as much as possible and i think the the sense obi-wan combo kind of precludes that a little bit it's it's obviously built to be up close um especially against other high pilot skill stuff um because it's, it's built to be blocking but the uh yeah i don't know it's it's gonna be I don't. I. I don't think it's a good time for that. For that list, I. I don't know if it's an unwinnable matchup, but I. And it. And it depends a lot on on the version of the Sunfox. There's a lot of different ways to fit Sunfox in a list and and separatists just because they have just because they have such cheap filler. Um. So there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of variation there. But I, I think it's. I think if I were planning on running that at Worlds, it would definitely be the top thing I would be practicing against right now. Like Especially because it's, it's new, you just want to be yeah. able to. Even if you're not trying to like list build against it, just just see it, just mm-hmm. get to feel its tricks, and just go. Okay, I see. That way, you know basically, you know how they're gonna approach your list, how they're gonna set up their engagement, yeah, um, where you want to be, where you don't want to be. So it'll give you a lot of those answers. Um, just getting one or two reps in and then that that hopefully will be enough for you to go all right you know set up a game plan uh, yeah at least to, to figure out how to go against it yeah so i th- i think there's a lot of uh, a lot of people right now are practicing against the nantex and if nothing else if not preparing to fly it so you have to practice against it at this point. It's a pretty, it's a, it's a relatively unknown quantity as far as how it really is affects the meta. And then, and then, you know, you have to see it on the table. You have to come up with a plan for it. Um, because and you have to determine whether or not your list even has a chance against it. And then you have to determine whether or not you need to change your list. So, you know, those are all the, all the, the thought processes that are going on, I think, right now across the, you know, across the board, you know, and anybody planning to go to Worlds is is probably in that mental state at the moment with the Nantex. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's it's it's definitely that's that's why, like I said, I, I think it's a, it's definitely a meta warping ship. Um, I don't know if it's quite meta defining, but it's it's it definitely warps it. Um <laughs> Because you, you just have to think about it. So, um, let's see. Anything, any other lists? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Imperial Aces. I th- you know, there's a few different versions. Um, the most common one right now seems to be Vader, Sunter, and the um, and Duchess. And Duchess, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that still seems to be performing fairly well um at the moment and uh and getting getting a fair bit of use so i think that i i'm more afraid with that list uh than i am with the republic so at least as a republic you have some mitigation with either region uh mm-hmm. or you have um some some knowledge uh yeah at least with sense i think with the triple aces and imperials you just that's all skill at that stage and obviously people will have their reps uh with that list that uh, they've been flying it yeah um but at the same time you know you can just kind of run into situations where you don't really have a choice uh to engage or to not engage and then you know obviously you could lose one of those uh, aces pretty quickly yeah 
Yeah, I, it's it's a definitely a tightrope a tightrope walk with uh, with it. I think, um, and it's also it also kind of loses to that republic list as well. Yeah, because now you have um, you definitely need the action economy there. You don't have a coordinate ship, a support ship, so then you know if the republic list too on that matchup you get blocked. I mean, you're basically you know, shit out of luck, especially yeah. with, you know, ships like Vader, which is a lives off of action economy. Oh yeah, for sure. I, 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 I kind of feel right now, like if you're, if you're playing, you know, like the aces more than ever, I think need, at least in, in this meta, it feels to me like they need the support, um, of something that can coordinate and, and something that can help guarantee, uh, its actions, especially Vader. Um, so, you know, Vader just lives and dies by his actions. And if he doesn't, if, if Vader gets blocked, uh, he's he's very unhappy. <laughs> so, I mean, he still has his force tokens, but his, his you know, his, his attack uh, goes down dramatically um, as far as just how much damage he can, he can do. Um, he's obviously vulnerable, more vulnerable because he probably didn't get a chance to dodge arcs and, and that, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Vader, Vader, you know, definitely likes having all of his actions available to him, and and um, the sense uh, the Republicist Obi Wan with sense is actually uh, dis- really really disgusting against Vader. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's with R two A six especially because it, it's, it's it's just it like doesn't okay, let you do anything. It it really doesn't. I mean, it, as long as um, and I've act, and I've tested I've been testing this specifically, so it it's a really bad matchup for vader if he doesn't have some sort of support that can help him still get his actions uh, otherwise it just goes downhill because you know you may you know it's not the worst thing in the world to, for vader to get blocked it's like especially like i said especially if he can get his actions ahead of time with from some sort of support thing because if he has his actions if he has his target lock and he ha- and he and he has a focus and he and he he can you know modify all the dice that he needs to modify um getting blocked by obi-wan at that point isn't the end of the world it's the um it because that's at least one less ship that can even shoot at you so in that particular list that's only that only leaves rick and anakin that could even possibly shoot at you if they're using obi-wan to block vader so that as long as you get the mods you need to be able to perform the attacks uh, your 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 heavier you know fully modded attacks against anakin or rick you, you can still be really dangerous with um with vader but um, if you're not getting those actions and he's just getting blocked by Obi-Wan, he just becomes useless and then he dies. So <laughs> um, that's just kind of how that how that matchup seems to go, at least how it seems to have gone for me and in, in my my practice against uh, against it. So. Um, so, yeah, so having some sort of support in there, I think, is big. And I think that also like the shuttle, um, I think the Lambda shuttle may be a really good play right now if you're if you're if you're really thinking about sticking to imperial aces like if if that's what you want to fly um and you're and you need to worry about vulture swarms and sun fock and and uh sense and jedi uh, i think this shuttle actually helps a lot um being able to coordinate um to to help vader out and and kind of make him so that he get he just has his actions uh and then uh, and then also just having a kind of a big fat body in there that can clog up the works. It's good against the swarm with the reinforce. Um, you know, he can, 
you know, he can tank a lot of shots from a vulture swarm with a reinforce. And uh, uh, he's also really hard for the Jedi to deal with. Um, just, you know, same thing. The reinforce makes him harder to kill and he and then he kind of gets in the way and he also makes it much harder for um, for Obi-Wan to actually use sense effectively to block things with because if Obi-Wan is getting blocked by the by the shuttle or if the shuttle's just in the way of where Obi-Wan needs to be in order to actually block something, uh, it kind of takes away that ability. So I, I think the I think if you're looking at Imperial Aces right now and you still want to fly it, um, it but you want to have some something to help you out uh, against some of the stuff that's in the meta right now, I, I do really think the the shuttle is a good place to look. So... Uh, any thought on the Reaper as well? Since you can do a few things there too. Yeah, um, I I still like the Reaper. I mean, I've been I've been flying Vermeil for a long time, and um, but I think the Reaper is a little too um, squishy with uh, you know two less health and no reinforce. It it gets it can get popped really quickly, and. I think you really in in against the vulture swarms and against the Jedi, um, and and plus it's a red coordinate action on that on uh, so you're not really using the coordinate on that thing too often because it's a red one. So, uh, you know the white coordinate makes a huge difference from the lambda shuttle. The size of the thing I think makes a difference. You can use it to block lanes and and clog up the works for your opponent, and. Uh, and it's just general survivability with the with its extra health and reinforced token um helps quite a bit as well and it, like i said i think in the current meta the way it is um you know that's that's my opinion at the moment so we'll see how that plays out but you know that's that's kind of what that's kind of how i see it so all right well any uh yeah i've seen this um the the uh, I think it's nicknamed the Moldy Swarm. Um, the three Karaz fighters with the uh, uh, with uh, the Hawk uh, was it Torkoal, the one that makes thing, um, things things uh, a pilot skill zero or initiative mm-hmm. zero. Uh, I have not seen it yet. Give me a second. Okay. Um, it's shown up in a few places, uh, but Moldy yeah, swarm. it's the it was um, three cartels, Torkoal and Captain Seavor. Yeah. So it won the grand, the Belgium Grand Championship. Um, Interesting. A couple uh, about a week ago, um, and I see I've seen this pop up before. I'm trying to remember the first place I saw it pop up. It was a, it was actually a few months ago because um, it's not it's a list that you, you know you, it's been available for a long time, um, but this one is is really interesting and um, could be could be a particularly good um, Sun Fox hunter. Um, just with Torkel like saying, you know, I'm going to drop you down to a zero and then yeah, blow you off the table. Kill him, kill yeah. him before he gets to do all of the shenanigans. Well, you kill. I mean, he still gets. I mean, to he do does his, all the shenanigans. Yeah, but, uh, he won't get. But before to, he gets um, to shoot, gets to you know, shoot, which it, he gets the bonuses too. So yeah, so I mean, he's only four health, um, and you know, you could conceivably take him out. So this. Uh, you know, I think this list could 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 do a good job. I mean, it's a good ace hunter in general, um, and Sun Fox is you know ostensibly an ace. So I think the uh, I think it could be an interesting play um, if that's uh, you know if that's what you're you're worried about. And it's got a lot of you know it's got a lot of beef in it. It's got three of the uh, Kyrax 
cartel marauders in it, so they, they're throwing three dice, and um, they don't die super easy. Uh, you know, they got, five, they got a shield, five hull, two evade dice, so, you know, they're pretty sturdy. And then Seavor just going around jamming things. So, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think that could be a pretty, a, a pretty, a pretty good list in the, in the current meta. Um, I could see this kind of just knocking out, just, just taking out, uh, uh, vultures left and right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little bit beefier. Um, so it can withstand some shots and then, you know, it still has five ships. I like it against counter ace play as well because yeah. of the initiative zero. Uh, so it's, it's got some good, good weapons across the, uh, across the board for different types of lists. So it's, it's got some tools to, to, to do some work. Um, I actually, I hadn't even looked at that. I, I remember I was checking out some videos and I saw it at one of the top tables. Yeah. It's like, what the hell is this jank doing here? And I just yeah. kind of was skimming through it because I think it was actually against a, um, a triple republic list and I was just kind of getting some insight on uh, how it worked out. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to get any knowledge here from the whole sense R2A6 tricks. Yeah. Since they were all lower initiative ships. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of skimmed through it and then kind of took off the video. But it's just funny because I see it now and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that list. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, um, I can't remember who flew it, but I, I, I think it was at, I want to say it was at a system open a few months back where it kind of first showed up. And uh, somebody did pretty well with it. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a, a, a legitimate list right now that, that uh it could you know the it's probably the one th it's it's the one thing out of scum right now I, I i would say is you know pretty competitive at the moment so i don't know maybe the uh maybe the uh shadow cast there's some shadow caster stuff that i think can be pretty that could be pretty good too but um is there anything out of rebels that you uh see right now Four U-wings that did go up against that at the last hyperspace trial. Yeah, uh, that one's here. Um, and then, yeah, as far as recent archetypes, they've been kind of knocked down ever since the the points update. Uh, yeah, I see a four B wings and a Y wing. Mm. Uh, a little bit lower down, but um, yeah. It, I don't really see a lot of uh, oh, uh, always of course uh, your Han Solo versus and uh, wedge yeah. list yeah uh, well, my epic loss at Gen Con on stream <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah I mean it's it's exactly what that does that list just basically plays for five minutes it only needs to engage one or two turns yeah um, so you just kind of have to watch out for that and and that's really the the main focus on that i think you know if you have a speedy list uh, just don't let it you know kind of run out the time just start pummeling it early if you can get um both a uh, han and or wedge below the threshold where mm -hmm. they won't be able to regen back up to full health yeah then that's when they start making mistakes because now they don't get to, you know, points fortress. Now they got to go on the offensive. And now you can just basically 
played the opposite game yeah uh on them you know and just basically kind of uh corral them into your arcs and then just continue to uh to do damage mm-hmm. so it's uh it's definitely uh a tough list to you know if you have slow ships uh, it's just tough to catch up to that millennium falcon so yeah you just kind of have to look out for it if you do go up against it just Hit it as hard as you can early and, and just get it past that threshold. Yeah. What do you think about um, Snapshot? <laughs> you th- I, know, I know, you know, the A-Wings is a, is a platform for that. So, so either Rebel or Resistance um, is, is, could be a pretty good platform for that. And I th- you know, do you think that's going to be something that shows up? Uh, I mean, I, obviously, I think it will, it will. Somebody will fly it at Worlds. But what do you... You know, you think it's gonna be something that any in any sort of force? Extra attacks are always nice, and extra yeah. attacks in 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 high quantities. Uh, so if you're running five A wings and they all have snapshots, I mean that that's scary because yeah, you know, with a good pilot and, and they could spread the arcs out a little bit. Um, you can basically have it set up where it doesn't matter what what maneuver you place, you're gonna get shot by two or three of them. Yeah, kind of deal. Uh, instead of trying to focus fire and 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 try to like basically just have one really really bad spot you just have just several dead spots um it's a good control piece you know in general whether or not you trigger them you know you're just at least telling your opponent if you go here it's gonna suck um so just that in general uh the the control element is really useful um and just the range two band is a little bit larger i think uh was it in uh in one point it was just one it was just range one yeah the range two band is yeah i mean that's pretty that's a pretty big amount that's a pretty huge amount of space and speaking Uh, of just it being range two as well um on a medium base mm -hmm. uh snapshot becomes even that much um you know wider Um, yeah so the arcs uh, arc 170s uh, are also maybe uh, something to yeah look at for that uh, I actually, when I was at League Night last night, there was one little, it's an expensive combination. Um, I think Snapshot, isn't it based off of ship size? The, the yeah, it, it, it's 7, 8, or 9, depending on ship size. So, yeah, so it's not that big of a difference. But um, yeah. you can do a, a Squad 7 Veteran, uh, Initiative 3 arc for the Republic. Uh, put Snapshot and Clone Commander Cody on it. Now, what this does is that if you... Well, you got to roll hit anyways, right? So you have to, they have to block at least one hit. Yeah. But if you do end up rolling your Snapshot, um, you trigger Clone Commander Cody. Um, now your Initiative 6 pilots, your Initiative 5 pilots, your you know higher Anakin Skywalkers and all that stuff, get the benefit of Clone Commander Cody. Mm. Um, and... There is no limitation on the number of times it could trigger in a turn. Oh, so therefore, you can trigger it again on your normal shot, and then that means any pilots under that initiative three also get the benefit, or at least oh, wow. after that ship is shot. Uh, so there's some fucky stuff you can do there. Uh, so I mean, yeah. triggering it twice, um, you know, and it's it's again a kind of that psychology of um, TA one seventy five again, where. Well, I don't want to lose a ship, so why would I apply an upgrade? You know, why would I apply an upgrade, Cloak Commander Cody, on a miss? Well, it's like, well, think of it this way. If you hit 
you did damage. If you didn't, it's going to help you do that more damage, damage that you didn't that yeah. you didn't get through. So it's sort of like paying a three points for an insurance on oh, yeah. pushing damage through. Um, so it's okay to, you know, account for that mess. I, I think what was that one list that I was flying towards the end of 1.0 with Operation Specialist? You mm-hmm. know, it was like you got a focus token after your mess, and it's like, yeah. why would you? Because it was it made the other tokens. shots even better. You know, yeah. so um, so that's like kind of that same concept here is just, you know, you're you're strengthening your other shots yeah. uh, on your list and triggering a uh, possibility of triggering it twice. It's it's pretty interesting, too. Yeah. So, so there's, uh, you know, there's also foresight. Right. So that's the the force yes. talent version of snapshot. Essentially, it's a little bit different. You know, it uses the uh, bullseye arc, um, but it's range one to three. Uh, and then also you have to spend a force charge in order to do it. But you do actually get to modify an eyeball to a hit result. So you, you, you do actually get a little bit of dice modification. Um, so I think that's an interesting one, too. I mean, the, really, the main platform for that is the TIE Advanced V1 uh, Inquisitors. Um, you know, it comes in at 39 points. So you can run one, two, or, you know, you can run five of those, just like you can, you know, run the A-Wings. So... Um, the other thing that's actually kind of interesting is that you can you can reverse it and do a Baron of the Empire with snapshot for the exact same price as the as the Inquisitors with foresight. So you could actually do like a mixed squad with that if you wanted, <laughs> which might actually be kind of interesting to have a mixture of the um, a mixture of the bullseyes and the range two band. That people have to try to dance through the bullseye is at any range right one to three yeah one to three so it's it's really nice for that range three shot too yeah um, you know so you're i think it's a really good fit for the calibrated um deltas yeah because now that two dash ship is um a little bit more powerful you know with the added bonus of the bullseye um, you can kind of create sort of a sniper uh, role, and they they can do that. They can pull that off with the hard ones and the one banks, you know. So they can kind of just hover uh, away from the fight if you can set them up early. Um, so you know, even if you don't, I mean, obviously you got the trigger of the bullseye, but um, even if you don't, um, maybe if you go for a target lock action and. You don't really want to spend that focus just re-roll that focus result you know but it's just it's nice um to be able to shoot twice yeah uh, again that extra shots uh is really nice so uh, i'm sorry yeah for, for obviously for the um the foresight you can only spend a, uh um or only modify a focus result but yeah i'm talking about on your general shot so basically, basically you, you set up and you got a bullseye you know you're going to shoot twice um you know your only modification is focus so you go well you know, maybe I could force if it's Obi Wan, it's almost likely just go ahead and take a focus action. Yeah. Because then you can do your um you know, spend your force to regen that focus token. So Yeah. Um but any of the other pilots, like you basically have a little bit of flexibility, you can do a target lock or something and spend the force for that one and then spend the lock on the other. So uh, I mean bonus shots and bonus shots are good. Mm-hmm. Um so it's really nice and you can also um that first clause 
uh, by the way, is separate from the second one. So you can use foresight as your shot. Oh yeah. As so your attack as your as normal your regular attack. So yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to necessarily um, basically trigger uh, in activation. Yeah. Uh, you, you can. You can, you can always use it as a as an active attack. Which I don't know. I mean, with calibrated, it's like, do you do the two dice plus a focus, or do you do a two dice to remove a green die? Yeah. Three. Uh, it's, I feel like adding the, if you know that you'll be able to modify it, I, I just mm-hmm. go ahead and add in that focus result and get yeah. the extra dies better. Cause they can always just roll a blank anyways. Yeah. Uh, on the green dice. So yeah, I feel like it's kind of washed there maybe, but I think that's, uh, I mean, that could be pretty, that could be pretty legit on the inquisitor though. Yeah. Just, um, because it's, it's, it only, it only has two dice. It doesn't, you know, outside of running a missile or something like that, you don't have any other way to get multiple dice. And same thing, that chassis is good at that sniper roll because yeah. of the hard ones. You're clearing your stress with the hard ones yep. and, the, and the slower maneuvers. So, I don't know. I think, uh, actually, now, now that I'm, it's, it is kind of funny. I didn't, I hadn't thought about that, but the, the barons of the empire, the, the, the same initiative, they're threes. Um, they just don't have force. They have a talent slot instead. So you, so you can put snapshot on those. Like it'd be kind of interesting to have like two, two barons of the empires with snapshot and three inquisitors of foresight. And then you could just kind of cover some of the holes, you know, <laughs> like that's, uh, that, that would create kind of a, a pretty interesting web of, uh, of bonus shots that people have to get through. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, Let's see here. Anything else? Uh, first order. Um, I, I think the first order. Obviously, Tabson, you know, is is just super good in 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 the first order, and he's gonna be in most first order lists. Um, but I do think there is some game to the uh, to like uh, kind of like the first order salad. It's like Kylo with uh, a couple of SFs and a cup and like Scorch and a and, a, and an FO. Um, so it's like a, it's a five ship list. Um, so it's like Epsilon squadron cadet, uh, scorch, uh, two Zeta squadron survivors, the TISFs, and then Kylo. So no upgrades, you know, pretty plain, but, um, five ships with Kylo in there seems, seems pretty good. Right. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of bodies. Yeah. Um, so there's some cool abilities there too uh, that you can do with the Typhos. I, I'm looking at it here. It looks like Scorch is uh, uh, the one that everybody is tying in. Uh, yes. Yeah, extra, extra, extra. Yeah. Extra Scorch is just super efficient. I mean. Yeah. And they have good green, so he he can clear those stresses pretty easily, and almost always have um, a three die shot or four yeah. die shot at range one. There are some other, uh, Lieutenant Revis has also a pretty decent uh, action economy uh, yeah. with the target lock, requiring a lock. Um, but there, there's some uh, flexibility there. Um, but really, to be honest, it's just it's just bodies. It's a, mm-hmm. a five-ship five list, um, so you're looking at, you know, being able to go up against the, you know, two to three-ship list and just kind of overwhelm. Yeah. Uh, so that's really kind of what, what what this uh this will go for. And then yeah. the SFs have obviously double arcs and yeah. um some tools there. Yeah, I think the first order is kind of interesting because it's it's the most 
vanilla, at least as far as um, upgrades go and like combos, um, outside of probably Tapson. But, you know, because just Tapson's ability is just a built in combo machine. But the, uh, for the most part, you seem, you know, I feel like you see a lot of just ships. Uh, you know, they're, they're, people are just throwing ships out there with a lot of times no upgrades, sometimes one. You know, Fanatical is the most, tends to be the most popular choice. Um, it fits, it goes really well, especially with the, with the FO and the silencer. Um, it, it just, they, those two ships, I think get a lot of use out of it. So, uh, but I just, I just think that's an interesting, interesting thing about the first order. And, uh, you know, I, obviously their points in general are what kind of put them in that position. Um, they just seem to be a little bit too expensive, like to get the ships you want with any sort of upgrades. So, <laughs> um, but they, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty efficient and, you know, I think the new points that brought down the costs on the, the, the FOs, especially, um, you know, has kind of helped make some of these, uh, some of these lists a little more, a little more possible. Um, these kind of first order salad lists, I guess, if you want to, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And it's just, the, it's unfortunate the point increase, uh, you know, it's kind of pushed uh, the upsilons a little bit out. Yeah. Um, because those, uh, they could really use those, uh, large bases right now. If, if this yeah. is going to shift to this, you know, you know, scaring away small bases, uh, if that ends up being a possibility, um, you know, seeing two of those upsilons with like Kylo or something, he can just kind of hang out and wait for uh, these uh, Nantex to just get blown up by eight, you know, two dice and two four dice shots. You know, they're they're not gonna last through that. Yeah, especially if it's Tapson, he's doing a fully modded shot and you know all that stuff. So um, yeah, it, since because they're they're a little bit more expensive, maybe they're not being looked at, but I, they might be looked at for uh, for worlds, uh, uh, maybe you know, uh, yeah. especially those diehard FO players. You know that uh, what I love about the uh, the faction is that the people that continue to fly FO are really really good. Yeah, uh, with the silencer, they've played a lot. They've played it a lot. They played it a lot, so they have a lot of reps. Um, so they can. Uh, they can outfly you if you're if you're not careful. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what's good about that is that you know I would never you know underestimate an FO player for sure. Mm -hmm. um, if you see them across the table, you just gotta assume they're they're gonna uh, do their best to yeah. uh, to put their position uh, to put their uh, ships in position to win. So mm -hmm. um, and yeah, Tavson so and Tavson is just is also just a truly I think you know that's that's a really good piece. Um, Tapson's just phenomenal, honestly. Yeah, uh, he's he's besides besides uh, Kylo, I think. Is the yeah, best, well, it's it's two different it's uh, two uh, different uh, things, uh, you know. It's it's two it's two different things, I guess. But um, at, for what he does and the amount of value you can get out of him, um, you know, just with just with the amount of actions he can take the dirty tricks he can play with like biohexacrypt codes. Um, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty, you know, you take a shot from somebody and take, take a couple damage and then from like range three or something like that. And then all of a sudden you're taking a target lock on the next guy that's about to shoot and jamming him immediately. <laughs> you know, it's, um, that's just a pretty good trick. 
all around. So yeah, I, I think Tavson's super good, and especially just with the the amount of health, you know, twelve health, twelve health, and a reinforce, and the ability to take extra actions. Um, I've seen Tavson tank entire volleys from separatist swarms, and like for like two turns. I, I think I saw a separatist swarm take like three turns to kill Tavson. Um, with like almost just just he just was tanking shots and the and the swarm was getting whittled down by everything else as as he was as he was tanking all those shots so uh so yeah it's it's he's he's pretty impressive um especially in the right hands so all right well uh resistance you know um i think resistance is it's 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 like four ship it's like four ship salad essentially and then like some five a wing i think <laughs> that's kind of what it seems like to me like what what do you yeah, think five a wing snapshot um and then yeah you have your pose your neons um your fin i guess uh, are people still going to be going with that after i think the so reference yeah i think so i think fin is still just super efficient even even with that rules change um so I, I think he'll still be a prime piece in that kind of four ship resistance squad, along with uh, Kova, and um, I think yeah, Kova with uh, Leia. Yeah. So that's a good little combination. Yeah, that's that's a weird ship to fly against. <laughs> Especially with Leia on there, and it's just like doing like these like it's just. Just doing the you know s turn you know these weird backwards you know s it's kind of like uh shimmying backwards basically it's just this really weird maneuver pattern that is um very strange to deal with because <laughs> it's just kind of it's it's almost like um you know with x-wing uh, that's kind of one of the one of the things that is very very rarely been messed with is just the basic maneuvering of ships i mean there's only there's very few ships that even that have ever had the backwards thing and and most of them even though they had it it wasn't it was always a red maneuver it wasn't something they were very good at doing so it, it might happen once in a game or something but it's not it's not happening a lot you know kova is now a ship that can with with leia is now a ship that can just do it at will and um it, it kind of breaking that inertia like it's it's like breaking the laws of uh, like the laws of x-wing physics essentially <laughs> it's yeah. kind of what it feels like flying against it and is that maneuver pattern any benefit against this new ensnare stuff i mean can you really get away from that um uh, using that maneuver pattern i mean i i don't know it's yeah i mean i think you could to some degree just because it makes it it's it makes it harder to guess what what she's gonna do you know it's like she can go forward or she can go backward and she can you know it, it makes it a lot harder to guess so you have to have that kind of initial maneuver more more correct if you're an antex you know um it's because she has such a wide breadth of area that she could be in so you know so if you count the negative you know going backwards one or going forwards you know i think what do they have on their dial do they have a four forward or a I'll look it up now. Yeah, they have a four forward. So that's essentially a, what is it? That's like a, a that that's a, a possible space of six. Uh, you know, six range, six increments. 
that it could be in on any given turn and it can do it at any time with lay on there so it's like it's like it doesn't care about the whether it's red or whatever so that that definitely makes it tougher on, on the on the nantex player to figure out it's still you know susceptible to it um if you get the if you get get it right but that is a much bigger area to have to cover than most ships can actually create you know what i mean it's just the, um, what I think one of the challenges, and you know, if it, if it's going to come down to the list building stage, is that uh, for the resistance, it's kind of mostly just small base ships. Yeah. Um, I mean, what they have the uh, the big resistance bomber. They have the uh, fortress. Yeah, the MG one hundred fortress. And, they and have the YT thirteen. And the YT thirteen hundred. Um, have any medium base ships? No. No. Okay. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, those two ships are just not really viable at this stage. Maybe they are. Something might surprise us, but um, just not anything from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, Which kind of kills them, you know, being able to kind of be introduced. I I mean, just going a little bit back to First Order, I really do think the Upsilon might actually be a really good meta choice. Um, Bringing it back, especially Mm. Tavson, it's just such a good ship. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, actually. <laughs> now, now I'm thinking back to the, the, the fortress or the star fortress and it's like, they're expensive, but tack on a, um, a trajectory simulator with the proton bombs there. And those, those mm-hmm. drone swarms don't look scary. Anymore. Oh no. Yeah. A proton, a, a trajectory simulator with a proton bomb is, that's a very, very dangerous thing for a, <laughs> for a, a separate swarm, and the, I mean, if they're going to be coming out in 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 a full heavy, you know, uh, force here with this kind of meta shift, man, that's a great counter. Yeah, it's a really nice counter. I just s- kind of load one up and just yeah. let it let it just go to town. Well, plus like Venny, Venny can be very tanky too, you know. Right. So. You know that's a, that's a ship that can that can sit around and tank some shots. You know he could be a really good piece to have in your squad if you're if if you're really concerned about the separatist swarms. And I, I think I've mentioned Venny before. He's 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 an interesting piece. Um, just and what I've always liked about him is just his just just his tankiness. It's yeah. you know that being able to tank shots is a really uh, valuable thing in X Wing um, because. Overall- Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say, I, th- I think overall, the, or with Venny, being able to tank shots is so important in X-Wing because shots are so valuable and, and they're finite in a game. And it's your, it's your ultimate resource for winning the game is having shots, right? So the being able to tank shots and essentially make as many of your opponent's shots um, become useless as possible is a is a huge benefit. So, um, so yeah, so I think Venny can be, can be really good. Um, in, in, in the meta now, especially, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know the perfect list for it. I'm not, it's not my, st- it's not the kind of thing I would probably play, but, um, he just strikes me as something that I would look into. So, yeah. And there is a, a little bit of a higher ship count too. Like, yeah. Know, four or five ship lists and obviously larger with the vultures. So, you know, and those area effect bombs 
uh, can just give you a lot of a, a like a basically a lead. Yeah. Um, you know, on damage uh, and and just basically allowing maybe one of one of your aces to just kind of start, you know, picking picking them off one by one mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. So it's I mean it could do something. Yeah. It, it would be an interesting choice and obviously a surprise. Um, surprise ship to see and and people yeah. will just not really be prepared for for something like that yeah well i think if you bring a star fortress with trajectory simulators and like seismics and you know proton bombs and just uh you know the grappling struts obviously you're gonna hate the seismics because it's it's like if it's a grap if it's a grappling strut swarm all of a sudden it's like it's it's main maneuver becomes a very very terrible thing to do <laughs> So, you know, you get one of those AOE bombs off and you soften up a swarm. And those things already pop pretty quickly as it is. But you get one AOE bomb off and take a chip one off of each one of those, uh, you know, as many of those vultures as you, as you, as you can ping. All of a sudden, those, those vultures become very easy to kill <laughs> in a single shot as opposed to, you know, possible to kill in a single shot. So... <laughs> You know, if you got a if you got a three or four ship list with Venny here, and and you know you're you're dropping some AOE effect damage on, onto a bunch of those vultures, and then sh- and then getting to shoot at them with three or four ships, that could be three or four dead vultures in one turn, and that that suddenly becomes very very painful for the. Uh, well, this is where uh, those snapshot A wings come into play. Yeah, you know exactly. Because I mean? now you have the multiple. multiple now you get bonus shots on top of it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, if you can if you can lay out like basically a a proton bomb and maybe get a couple of direct hits here or there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you tell me only one one hit will do it. That, that's that's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that, that that's something to look at. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't basically just completely write it off um, because I I it's expensive. Very, very expensive. Venny is expensive, yeah. Um, but, like you mentioned, it's just tanky. So, if it can tank shots, uh, it's disruptive. Uh, you need to get rid of it. Um, so, if you can do as much as you can before it dies, and then just let your aces clean up, uh, I mean, that's that's a pretty effective strategy. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um you know, Venny also is like, you know, he's kind of a prime candidate here for like perceptive co-pilot, right? <laughs> so, I mean, or if you even don't want to, you know, if, even if you don't want to do Venny and you want to go cheaper, you know, you could, you can just go down to a Cobalt and still have trajectory simulator, seismic charge, proton bombs, and three A-wings with snapshot and have six points left over. Yeesh. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that I could see putting a, putting a pretty quick hurting onto a separatist swarm, you know, that, that could roll downhill pretty quickly. So, and completely unaffected by tractor beam shenanigans. I mean, you lose, you lose a little bit of the, uh, the defense capability though. Yeah. What, what do you mean as far as for the the cobalt beam didn't snare? Yeah. Didn't snare stuff. Well, only Uh, if they can get three tractors on you. What's that? Only if they can get three tractor yeah. on you you know you on still the, get the minus one die no you don't and, and not anymore they change um, they change that in the you don't get the minus one die unless you're tractored and you're not tractored until you've had you have the amount of tractor tokens word okay yeah i did not read that right so 
the tractor effect only after you become tractor. So you, yes. if you apply one to a medium base, nothing happens. Yeah. Holy. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I guess I'm flying Arc 170s for. That's what? what I was trying to tell you. <laughs> I was wondering why you were fighting me on it. Because I was just thinking, I was just like, well, you know, they still lose die and they get blasted anyway. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't realize they still kept it. Yep. Oh, okay. That would change everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> guess I know what I'm flying now. Yeah, right. All right, good. I already bought the Legos for them. So I got uh, Yeah, I you got the Legos and everything. You're good. I got to go. stick with it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think the this if you're again in this this really just a lot of this just depends on how how concerned you are about the um the separatist swarm slash nantex nantex meta you know if you're if you're not terribly concerned about it and you and you think you already have a list that can deal with it then you know fine fine and dandy go for it um yeah but I think uh, as long as you just you think about the matchup and go well, I automatically lose to it. If yeah. You would, if you do, you're going to see the list, and maybe you won't see it in droves. I mean, I mean we've got to think about it, too, and this tournament's going to be last chance qualifier, which uh, have you checked out the numbers yet? What are we expecting for a last chance qualifier? Um, I don't know exactly how many people are going to be playing in the last chance qualifier, but I have heard, uh, or they announced the other day that they're – could be over 150 spots uh, available for people in the last chance qualifier to get into worlds itself so uh, and that's what was the what was the qualification to get into day two do you have to, you just go and two uh yeah so uh, so five and two is will get you into get you into day two i believe and they're saying 150 people might be able to qualify from the lcq yeah Oh my gosh! I mean, that, that's, that's got to be. I mean, five and two has got to be what? Maybe a quarter of that. Well, no, no, no. They're saying um, so. F it's five and two to get into day two of worlds. Um, in, in order to get into worlds from the LCQ, there's 150 spots. You just have to be in the top 150. So. Oh, so the. Okay, so I'm a little confused. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, they're just accepting the top 150. Yeah, from from the LCQ. So no, you don't you don't have to be five and two. You just have no. to be top one fifty. Yes. yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so the five and two thing. They're is, just they're just filling up day one and day two. They, exactly. They, yeah. yeah. So they're just gonna go and fill it up. Yeah, I don't know exactly right. how many tickets they gave out, but my best guess, based on just a little bit of math, essentially, is around four hundred tickets is was what is what was given out LCQ for tickets. No, no, four worlds oh, for the, between the, the hyperspace trials and the system opens um, and grand championships and stuff that have been happening. So it, it's around 400. It might be it might, it's, it might be more than that. That's that was kind of that was like I said, that was a rough number based on how many hyperspace trials there were and how many system opens there have been with the top eight getting in and that kind of stuff. So that, it's a rough number, but, you know, it's, a, it's around 400. So, you know. My guess is that basically, you know, obviously they, they were going to they were going to bring 64 players in from from the LCQ anyways. Now it's they're saying about 150 um, that could come down a little bit, depending on how many people actually finished, uh, actually signed up before. I think yesterday was the cutoff. So depending on how many people actually, you know, ended up using their tickets but I think it's going to be right around that 150 mark. I doubt too many more people would have signed up with. A world's ticket in the last three days you know yeah. 
So, but, so back back to the point I, I was trying to make. I mean, we're talking about hundreds, hundreds of people here. Yeah. Uh, in each one of these day tournaments. So I mean, you have to number one consider the LCQ if you're playing in it, and then number two you have to consider day one, day two, and then number three you consider the cut. I mean, so obviously you don't even want to consider the cut because first you just have to go. Let me just. <laughs> yeah. You know close out my my day uh and do well you know how many of those hundreds of lists are going to be separatist swarms with Mm -hmm. sunfock or yeah some combination thereof of like maybe maybe not sunfock but one or two nantexes with the ensnare and stuff so you know out of hundreds of lists i i i would like 10% would seem like it, it would be outrageous. You know, it'd be like, wow, that's that's a little much, you know, uh, for 10% of the list to be that that single archetype. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it, it's going to be interesting to see what the number, because, you know, traditionally up until, bef- you know, before leading up to Wave 5, Separatist has been one of the lower um, played represented factions, right? I think it's it's down there with scum you know it's it, the representation for for separatists hasn't been huge and now with wave five coming out and the seer swarm catching on um with with a lot of people it feels like i feel like it's going to have a pretty large uptick i think it's 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 going to be up there much closer to um much closer to imperials and resistance probably as far as like how many people are playing percentage it. of yeah, percentage percent. of players and percentage of cuts, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, it all depends. I mean, it's it's definitely more competitive now. Oh yeah. Uh, even not not the Nantex even being considered. I think the Seer yeah. Swarm alone is 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 exactly enough to get that. There's a lot of people that are going to be playing that. I think a and, lot. And Seer is nice, but um, you're or starting just, to. Good. No, you're starting to see that initiative one pilot with TA-175, just for the yeah. extra points. So you, you can fit more energy shell charges, um, and and that's important for that front-loaded damage. There's also combinations with the... Um, one of the bombers with the probe droids, so everybody has yeah. locks as well. Yep. And TA-175, so, I mean, that that's oh, yeah. super high efficiency. Um, so th- there's even small little variants within that same kind of archetype, which yes. is just... Point your guns, lots of them shoot at it, kill it. I, there, there is a, there is a, it, it is kind of funny it, to me. Like there is just, there is a whole world of, of lists that can be built in that six to eight ship range in Separatist that like every other faction, it's like they have like one option to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or a couple options, maybe two or three op- ways to actually put field over six ships. Um, Separatist has like so many different ways to do it um, in different combinations of of ships. I mean, just the fact that you can even think about fielding a seventy was a seventy eight point ship with Sunfock. So you you have a seventy eight point ship and you can still put six other ships with it. I mean that's that's disgusting. I mean that's almost seventy eight points is almost as much as like a loaded out Vader, right? <laughs> And in, and in Imperials, it's like, yeah, you're lucky to see. I mean, if, I don't think you ever hardly ever see Vader with more than in more than a four ship list, and that's usually with just with some Academy ties. So, 
Yeah, and and that's it. Just depends on you know what's that kind of that faction identity. Yeah, We've mentioned that a couple of times in other episodes. So I think really it comes down to you know the the the, the drone swarm is the strength of the the faction. Mm-hmm. So there's really just no reason to to shy away from it. Um, yeah, and then you can easily fit uh, one of these new ships within that archetype and still be as good mm-hmm. uh, or better, um, you know, to be determined. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things where that whole faction identity doesn't change uh, at all. Yeah. Um, which is nice for them, at least for anybody that likes to fly separatists. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think uh, I think we've hit pretty much every faction here to some degree, right? So... Um, All right, well, we will take a break and hit up the Florida News Desk, and we will be back. This week in Florida, a woman accused of shoplifting from a Big Lots in Charlotte County sent deputies on a wild chase Thursday night after she climbed into the store's ceiling when she heard they were on the way and stayed there for more than six hours. The store's manager called authorities after Christina Perkins, 37, took an entire cart of merchandise into the women's restroom and used garbage cans as makeshift barricade, according to the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. The manager called 911 around 7.30 p.m. and yelled to Perkins that deputies were on the way. Deputies arrived along with the fire department for backup. Deputies saw Perkins several times as they removed the tiles, but they say she ignored their commands to give up and kept moving throughout the ceiling. The store was evacuated as authorities searched for Perkins with the fire department using ladders and a thermal imaging system to aid in the search. During the search, one deputy located Perkins' purse in the ceiling and found a spoon with a white residue on it, later identified as morphine, and three syringes inside. The search for Perkins was called off around 12.20 a.m. with one deputy staying inside the store for surveillance. Perkins climbed out of the ceiling and down a stack of shelves at 1.40 a.m. and was arrested when she reached the ground. Hey, everybody, just wanted to let you know that we, in the second half of this episode, we have uh, Chris Chico Brown with us, and uh, we'd actually recorded more with him, but uh, due to some technical issues, we ended up losing the file for the first half of the episode. So I uh, just wanted to give everybody a heads up as to what was going on and why Chico is all of a sudden on the show. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And uh, the Reverend here has come up with an idea for, mm-hmm. for a segment that he wants to do, and uh, I'm going to give it to him to explain it, so take it away. That's good. That's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to explain this in a rational way. We'll, we'll do a thing here. Okay. So let's take a quick little survey here. How many people here in the listening audience, raise your hand if you go to FFG's website every single day? Yeah, pretty much. And then realize that I can't see you raising your hand, and you're really only doing this for your own benefit. Actually, you know what I did? I'm just gonna I'm gonna uh, sidetrack you here for a second, okay? Because yeah. I I did this. Uh, I set up the um, the X-wing 2.0 news feed as an RSS feed on my email at work. Okay. So I get an alert as soon as a uh, an article comes in. Okay. And do you always go and read it? Yeah. Carlos, do you do you generally go to FFG every day? Uh, no, I, I think it's because of social media. So I, I have so many groups. I'm in so many X-Wing groups, so many whatever pages. That you already know what happened. That's related. Well, it's just one of those things where as soon as I pop up Facebook and I'm looking through my news feed, they're already there. See, uh, I don't have so the face page, so I don't, I don't get to the do book that. Face. Yeah, the, the my face or whatever it is. Chico, do you go to FFG every day? Every single day. Now, do you only play X-Wing or do you play other games? 
Uh, X-Wing, Armada, Imperial Assault, a whole bunch of their other little games. I do okay, playtesting, yeah, so and so I'm FFG like everything. Okay, I, I, yeah. I can relate to that. I haven't hit Legion yet, though. I'm I'm staying strong. Staying strong. Oh I'm, I'm trying to kick... Uh, looks so yeah. good. I like so huffing paint, expensive. so like it, it, I can't get into a game where I'm allowed to have open paints. Yeah, I see. I have, problem, I have a says. problem because my son, the, just this last weekend, my son has gotten into painting minis. He did a sudden. great job, by the way. I was pretty and, proud. And uh, now I've always been able to use the excuse of, for those games, like, like, oh, I'm not going to paint them, so why would I? Yeah, I'm but not, now you have like. But now if I have a, I've, I've, I've slave labor. You have a 12 year old sweatshop for, of uh, <laughs> <laughs> for painting for painting my minis. Well, but me and my buddy were talking about it the other day because we go to the FFG website two to three times a day at work because we have a, you know, yeah. some downtime. And he asked me, he was like, what is it you're hoping to see on on the news on there? Like, what is it you're going to see what happens? And I asked him, I was like, well, I mean, I asked him to categorize it. He was like, I was like, do you want to know what I think I'm going to see, what I'm expecting to see, or do you want to see, like, something that I'm waiting to have happen? Or are you just like asking me what would be the craziest shoot the moon kind of thing. So I think it'd be fun to do a round table of, let's start it off with like the most basic one. Like when you go there, Steve, what do you expect to see that you'd be happy to see? Uh, what do I expect to see? Yeah, what do you expect to see? Like what should be coming any day now? What's the kind of thing you'd see it and you're like, yeah, it's about time for that article to come Yeah, out. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it goes in cycles with them, right? And they, they, they do have a bit of like a, 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 a kind of like, you can pretty much tell the patterns, like how they do things, right? So if if we know that they're X amount of time roughly away from a wave, we should start seeing preview articles for each ship of the, of that wave. Do or, you kinda like right now, for example, like right now we don't have or I guess we have what, wave six is announced. So but it's been a little while since wave six got announced and uh wave five just came out which means we only have one wave ahead of us, which means not too long from now, we should be seeing wave seven announcement of at least the basics of what's going to be in wave seven. So you're like looking for the next, the next announcement, the next not set like of the, the next, next part of the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Carlos? What's, what's like the thing you expect to see every day and you're kind of bitter when it's not there. Well, I, I yeah, I think uh, Steve put it perfectly. And basically you're looking at uh, preview articles for upcoming waves um, or the big, you know, spoiler article on a, a whole new wave that's coming out. Uh, right now, actually, uh, because of the time of the year, I'm expecting, um, constantly looking to see on movie um, oh. yeah. expansions. So yeah, right now, like, we're getting close. Like, yeah, we're getting close to the next movie. Uh, we're getting so closer to Mandalorian, though. We are too, yeah. yeah I, so, I think there's so there's a, a couple of exciting things here to, to be looking out for, and I think that's what I'm I'm waiting for that kind of like extra content uh, article, yeah. uh, either Mandalorian or for yeah. other movies. And, and they, they've we've seen this in the past. There's been um, there's always a little bit of a kind of last minute uh, for the for a major saga movie. There's a, like a last minute release. Yeah. You know, something that they didn't announce was going to be part of that wave, but then is. Yeah, so that that's happened. I think with all three, with the other two major movies. I know with Force Awakens, it was it was obviously the the core set, which was yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, you know, that was itself. a lot of left field. Um, and then was the silencer in that? What like I can't remember what wave? exactly was I in that know. wave, but 
regardless, you know, like there was a lot of stuff that came out very in a very short period of time. It was like, here's a bunch of new stuff. And it dropped really quickly after being announced because of the movie. So, um, so Chico, what do you think you're going to see on there like tomorrow that you expect will probably be there? If not tomorrow, then sometime this week. What's well, what, what do I expect to see or what do I expect to see that'll make me happy? What do you expect to see that'll make you happy? No, I think that's legit. No, n- new product stuff. What, what do I expect to see? Well, nothing. Uh, but so, stuff that would make me happy is usually new product stuff. Yeah. Uh, like these, uh, these articles where they spoil just a couple more cards, uh, I used to get a lot more excited about them than I did. Uh, but new stuff, announcement of prize support, things like that, th- those oh, always get me jazzed. That's a good one because nobody else mentioned that one. Yeah, like tournament prizes. That's a good one, actually. Well, the big thing that I look for now, and this, and this, well, I was going to save this for another category. Well, if we want to start, what was the next category? You uh, well, let me do mine real Go quick. Ahead. Yeah, do only because I'm going to be an outlier because I, I generally am. I'm actually, I don't have any information. I don't know anything, but I'm really waiting for them to announce the next block for Destiny because they haven't yet, and I'm worried the game is dead. Okay. So like I'm hoping like like I'm hoping that sometime within the next couple of weeks they'll be like hey by the way we are gonna do another block I'm sure so like, there'll don't. be something I Destiny can't be any any like anywhere near to close as dead as like Imperial Assault is I don't know I mean, man. <laughs> cool stuff well I- Imperial Assault out. is officially announced dead yeah yeah it's announced completed <laughs> yeah completed <laughs> is the polite word for we're not making this anymore right yeah I mean and Armada hasn't had a new thing I mean like no, they, Armada's they had, got a new core set coming out. They do. They have a new yeah, they have set? Clone Wars core set. Okay. Oh, they they actually said it's a core set. Wait, no. I'm maybe thinking of Legion. Am I thinking Legion? You're probably thinking. Yeah, you're thinking of Legion. Yeah, Le- Legion uh, has a new yeah, core yeah, yeah. set, uh, but uh, Armada did announce two new ships. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the first new thing they've announced since like, like before years. that Super Star Destroyer thing. Like it's been yeah. like a really long time for Armada. Yeah, they got the the Nadiri Starhawk and the Onagar class Star Destroyer. As, uh, I don't like know, Kybar cannon on it or something. Yeah. Yeah, that one did look pretty cool. Uh, so the next category, it really kind of goes in like, in in a scale of how likely do you think you're going to see this. So like the next category is, this is a thing that I don't think we're going to see anytime soon, but it'd be cool if we did. Um, so we'll call this the mid-range of, this seems somewhat unlikely, but not implausible. Uh, it, 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 is there another category of completely impossible? Yes, yes, and I have. Okay, then I will save that and come back yeah. around to me. All right, so let's go, Carlos. Carlos, what's something that like you don't think you're gonna see it anytime soon? But if it happened, you'd be like, yeah, that seems that seems legit. Um, probably another large tournament series competitive craziness uh like the system open uh maybe the next wave of system opens maybe they decide to like create a whole new like competitive uh format uh they so that's one of the things that i might i might expect that they might go oh we're gonna totally revamp because they've already tried maybe like those already- extended hyperspace and now there's this thing Right. Well, not necessarily that specific for, as far as a format. Uh, I meant more like a just you know how it is now, uh, you know hyperspace trials and all that stuff to what it's going to be, prime championships and you know what, what is what's going to happen with system opens and what are they just going to add something completely new? So I feel like they're going to try to toss something up in the air and just go, we have this whole new thing and that's what like uh, you know what I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. 
but I probably will be less surprised if they just keep everything kind of the way that uh, it has been. So yeah, and I'll I'll kind of jump in on that one. That that's kind of where my brain was going. Uh, because they they announced with Worlds they're doing like a chess clock timer yes. side event. Oh, yeah, and yes. and part part of me is thinking, it. you know, they've they've they're having issues with the division between hyperspace and. Uh, and extended, and now they're kind of adding in this thing. They got the system open formats and like all this stuff is like I, I think they're that like all these things. They're getting these ideas, and I'm waiting for it to snap into hey, here's something we're gonna try for this next run. Like yeah. you know, you, you still have extended. That's the everything format, but now we're gonna have this other secluded format that's gonna be significantly different. And I'm waiting for that moment of. Here's something big and different for you to do other than extended. Yeah. That's cool. I would be excited to see that. What'd you have, Steve? Um, I mean, I, th- I think a, a, a kind of along the same lines of, of organized play. I feel like organized play has, they're desperately trying to dig themselves out of a hole that, they, that they've been in for the past like two years where they haven't really, like schedules have been weird. Announcements have been late. The like price support has price been support's awful. been there's been up and down issues with price support across the I mean board. we just got season one kits like yeah. maybe a month ago. Yeah. So that, I think uh, what? I, <laughs> I think they got overly ambitious at the beginning of two point and promised um, one, they promised probably more than they were capable of producing. And two, they immediately decided they didn't want to do any of the things that they originally said they were gonna do. And <laughs> Um, like it's kind of funny. Like, I, it's actually I was fairly surprised that Hi- Hyperspace Trial Season Two actually happened because they, you know, they before Season Two even started, they had already pretty much announced that um, Prime Ch- Prime Championships was going to replace it, right? So, like Hyperspace Trials, Hyperspace Trials were going to go away. They still haven't said anything about the Hyperspace format if that's going to continue to exist past Hyperspace Trials. Um, so who knows? But I I feel like. They're going in a good direction. I think they're trying, um, but it's they're just digging and like, or they're they're bailing water and it and, and they're having a hard time keeping up, uh, <laughs> keeping the keeping They've the switched, boat afloat. I mean, they switched OP guys a few times. Well, yeah. yeah well, well, happened, something yeah. to like. Uh, I don't know how much people know this, but uh, the the number of of people in OP from. Uh, no, I, I guess it's a little over a year ago now, but like before Last Worlds to now, the the amount of turnover that they've had in employees in that department, mm-hmm. there's two people left from the Last Worlds to this one. I thought it was only way out of how many. <laughs> I was gonna say how many people are in that department. I've always kind of wondered. There's the, there's a a fair number. I I mean I'd I'd say probably. I mean, when I go to those events, there's like 10 people running around doing things. I don't know how many of them are actually declared OP. Two two out of a a group of like a dozen or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's a significant turnover because that's a small, that's a small department. It's pretty much Wade and Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always just sort of assumed you assume that there's like 12 people in that department. It's actually like two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Part time. Communication from from OP was a thing that was was really bad for a little while. So basically like the last year, like year and a half of 1.0 into the first year of 2.0, communication out of the OP department was awful. 
And then um, I will say that, uh, and I got to give a lot of props to Matt Holland on this one because he has been super communicative um, with the community in general. He's by far the most communicative person I've ever seen out of FFGOP. Yeah, <laughs> well, right. Well, that, that's that's like part of his job description now. Yeah. Like he's supposed to be. Yeah. And thank God, because it was like, it's one of those things like, I mean, I can message, like anybody can message, you know, Matt Holland on Facebook and he'll, he'll respond. I think Gage yeah. did that for Well, right. Well, uh, well, well, part of that is, that is that Matt Holland has two accounts. He's got his personal account yeah. and then he's got his FFG account. Matt so he FFG keeps account, them separate yeah. and, and, and he's able to keep it separate like yeah. that. Uh, so to to kind of give like a quick little tangent on that, uh, people like like Wade and Jimmy, th- those guys still dip into conversations now and then. Mm-hmm. When they do, go easy on them, people, because th- th- those are those are real guys with real problems working in in a department whose budget is a crumpled up twenty dollar bill. Uh, so be, be nice to those guys. Yeah. They, they've been taking a lot of heat lately for trying to make some, you know, interesting changes. You know that aren't always going to be perfect, but they're, they've been taking a lot of heat lately, and it's uh, like it's yeah. starting to get to them. Oh yeah, T- yeah, take it easy on those guys. Show I, them your appreciation. Rule, they'll be a dick to people on the internet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, and it's one of those. It's one of those things. I think there was a ton of misunderstanding about a lot about a, about a few different things. Like one, I saw a ton of bitching online about who and and how and where hyperspace trials were right and i think what people didn't realize was like ffg had they opened up hyperspace trials those there was the only limitation of hyperspace trials that you had to be able to hold 64 players that was the only limitation it wasn't like regionals where it's three per region and they actually pick and choose stores that can that, that get to hold it they gave it to everybody that signed up for one on time and they claimed they could have 64 people. Yeah, exactly. Right. Holy cow. We've been to ones that y- y- haven't. Y- yeah, exactly. And oh, trust. Yeah, I mean, we, we might have done an episode about we, that. We did an entire episode about a, about, <laughs> about a guy who ran one who didn't who didn't have the space to actually hold the amount of players he was supposed to. But I judged of, one for uh, for a 40 man capped. Yeah. So, like, uh. yeah. Right. So they they were giving those things away. To anybody, all comers. The the problem. So there's a lot of people that were that were like, like Debbie does Dallas. Like, oh, well, how come this place and this place got so many? Like I saw somebody post online, but like because Florida got five between season one and two. The reason Florida got five between uh, between the two seasons is, is applied is literally because I went to Cool Stuff the day that the applications were due and said, "Have you filled this out yet?" They said no. They filled it out and then messaged all the other Cool Stuff stores and they all filled it out the last day. That's literally the reason why Florida got five hyperspace trials. It wasn't because of some. Hey, like, hey, you know, I message my local shop too. Okay? Yeah, but Mark, I Mark just actually keeps track of that shit. <laughs> Mark actually keeps track no, of that shit. Did he miss I that had one? to do it. Okay. But he might have. I don't know. I can't remember. But there's three. But I know I forced them. There's to. three <laughs> cool stuff locations that got a hyperspace trial because I showed up the day that signups were due and, and made sure they did it. <laughs> you know, so it's. It's one of those things like these stores. It's it's the stores that don't pay t- that have to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And that was a it was it was it was a bad communication thing on FFG's part because back at the time they they didn't put out there was no article there was there was about like I said there was about a two year gap of time where FFG put no public information out about signups for tournaments. So because they used to way back in the day they used to put an article up on the web page that was like signups for such and such season are available now have your tell your retailers 
they stopped doing that at a certain point and only started emailing the retailers and the retail half most of the retailers have no idea what what it means when they get an email about a hyperspace trial that they've never heard of they don't know what that is even compared to a regional like they don't know what that is at all so and the, the signups for these were in august of 2018 before 2.0 had actually even released you had to have already signed up for both seasons of hyperspace trials so it was really easy to miss that i've missed it so there was a bad communication issue on that but at the same time it was the store's responsibility they 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 got communication they got emails from ffg they didn't read them so if your store didn't sign up it's because they didn't pay attention but you know that so that was a thing that i think ffg op got a bad rap for that they certainly did that i don't think they really deserved other than they probably could have done a little bit better communicating it but well chico i'd like to see your your tangent and raise you my my mid-range probably not going to happen but i wouldn't be utterly shocked and this story will tangentially be related to x-wing so i get to tell it ha ha a couple of years ago i actually participated in my first kickstarter at first and only i've only actually ever kickstarted one thing <laughs> that's more than me is it yeah carlos you ever kickstarted anything um no i've been wanting i wanted to when i went to gen con and they told me that it was already over and i was oh. like what chico no, you ever do the kickstarter deal uh yeah i i've i've been slowly detoxing i do about one a year now that's fair well about three years i did a kickstarter for they were going to reboot the Mutant Chronicles Siege of the Citadel board game, which is like a 1990s, like, dungeon crawl, except everybody's either got a machine gun or a shotgun or is some sort of a mutant. Now, this was being designed by... Yeah, this is why I get to tell this okay, story. Okay. It's because one of the expansions is done by Jay Little, and yeah. did a lot, he did a lot of the development work. Jay Little, having invented this little game called X-Wing that people may or may not have heard of. Um, but when they announced the Kickstarter, Fantasy Flight partnered with them to do the retail version of this, like this small company, Modifius, was going to do the, the Kickstarter version and Fantasy Flight was going to release it, you know, partner with them to release it retail-wise. Well, I did this thing right when I moved to my new house. It's going on about three or four years now and it still hasn't delivered or shipped or is done yet. So, like, I'm still hoping against hope that someday, like, I go on Fantasy Flight's website, they're like, by the way, this partnership we said we are going to do, that's still a thing and we're actually going to help release this board game that, Joe spent a lot of money on and has not seen <laughs> several years later. Yeah. Um, so that's like my mid-range one. And it is funny because we went to, um, we always talk about going to Dragon Con all the time, but the last time we went to Dragon Con, we actually went to Jay Little's panel about X-Wing and I was playing Edward Fortyhand, so I thought it would be completely appropriate to just like shout questions at him about Mutant Chronicles instead. <laughs> and he had no information for me, but he was quite polite in telling me to sit down, shut the hell up, and ask questions about X-Wing. So nice. That's, that's like my mid-range one is one day I'm going to go on there and, and Fantasy Flight is like, yeah, we totally said we were going to do this and we are legitimately yeah. going to like help this small company publish this game, yeah. which is like enormous in scope and I don't know that I'm ever going to yeah. get it. I will say it was it was uh, super cool meeting Jay Little at Dragon Con. Oh, yeah, super he was, nice He was guy. a really cool guy. I talked with him for like 20, 30 minutes after yeah, the panel was over. If anybody out there knows him, tell him to you know, call us up so we can be on the podcast one time. Yeah. Like... We'll talk initiative the whole damn time. Yeah, he also gets very, he also gets very little. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people realize that you know he designed the game the game you know like from the beginning. So cause I was I, I was talking to somebody one time and I, I mentioned Jay Little and they were like, I was like, yeah, uh, a, I saw a panel with the designer, the original designer of X Wing at it at, at, uh, at Dragon Con and, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh, you talking about Alex Davy? I'm like, no, no, Alex Davy didn't get involved until way four. 
But, <laughs> you know, it's just it, he does. A lot of people don't even realize, you know, who well, he Jay's was. Well, Jay's a, a prolific designer in his own right and has done a lot of different games and a lot of different systems and stuff. Like, that guy knows. He actually teaches game, de- you know, tabletop game design theory for the, oh, I will not be able to remember which university it is, but one of the northern universities. Actually, somewhere up near you, Chico. It's in Michigan, I think. I'll have to look into it. It's, ah, uh, well... We'll have that information next time. Yeah. But here's like round three of this exercise. Here's, here's like the end game of this. What's your like pie in the sky? It'll never happen, but it would be the coolest thing if you went on FFG one day and you just saw this announcement that you called and you predicted and you're like, oh, this is going to happen, but it never will. Who wants to go first? Who wants to volunteer? I got it. This? I got it. Oh, you got yeah. it. A judge program with decent prize support. Oh, yeah. Do you want that? Is that a thing you'd like? <laughs> he judges all the time. I know he judges all the time, but I mean, like, doesn't Magic have a judge system? Don't people not like it? I don't know. And th- there are probably a dozen ways to do it wrong. Yeah. Uh, I believe that, yeah. But, you know. It, but you'd like to see a way done right? Well, what would you like to see yeah. from it? Uh, so, so, some sort of way for, for people to get on there and, you know, register, you know, I'm a judge, I want to be a judge, and kind of give the level of what they've done. Uh, they, they had with Cascade, they had like a little Q&A thing you, you had to go through, quiz to, uh, to kind of show, you know, your, your ideas and, you know, how much you knew the rules offhand and whatnot. And, uh, really? It'd be interesting, too, if they included cryodex or whatever system people were currently using as part of that like do you know how to operate this software do you know how to fix it if there's a mispairing do you know how to drop somebody after the round's already gone in do you know how to mm-hmm. repair well yeah sure round? like for for like a to section yeah. you know m- yeah. maybe you have a to section you have a judge section you have a marshal section kind of thing like that yeah. and you, you can kind of register for like the area you want to be in and you can get like certified, you know, like, hey, I, I've I've done this, I've done pretty good. So, yeah. so then, when you're going to these events, they can pull from that pool of people, uh, and then you know, people who have who have done it a decent bit, you know, they they get you know some sort of you know kickback of you know whatever you know like like levels of prize support for you know hey you've done this a while Here, here's something i think would be you know really nice i'd love to see uh, them because i i come from from a world of having to train people constantly it's always kind of been my business i'd love to see them do some legitimate training of the judges not that it, not that i deal with a lot of judges that do a bad job but it'd be nice if ffg made some effort to share best practices how to deal with like a contentious situation you know how to how to effectively, you know, move other people's ships and ask them if they, you know, consider this in the right spot. You know, little things like that. Best practices kind of stuff. That yeah, or, or, or even that. just just a, a, a good spot for, for judges to go and, you know, ask questions and get answers. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure they, they miss a whole lot of things because if they if they opened it up to everybody for, for Q&A stuff, they just don't answer anything because they're right. flooded. Yeah. If you actually had, like, a quarantined area for, uh, for you know, the, this is the area for judges, you know, they sit there and talk rules, you know, you could have people, you know, feed them answers. But, oh, yeah. you know, I, I know there's all sorts of problems with, with that, you know, with them having to get approvals and BS and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it, it, it's just so frustrating these days, and I've I've even had situations where like we we were going to Judge Worlds one year, and we were frantically trying to get questions answered from the people who were gonna marshal, and we got like no answers until like twenty four hours beforehand, and we're like, how the hell are people supposed to know 
you know, they they yeah. shouldn't bring this list because it doesn't work the way that you're choosing it to work tomorrow. Like all that stuff was extremely frustrating and yeah. just creating some streamlined process for, you know, I know these people are working on other games and they have to do those things. But if you have some giant event coming up that gets you massive publicity, help out the people that are running them. Yeah. Because uh, like there are a lot of like uh, high level judges and pe- people who have been working on their systems for a long time that are just so beaten down by all the bullshit that they've had to deal with that they don't even want to anymore. And I'm one of them. Like, I I haven't judged uh, an official FFG event uh, outside of, like, uh, a a local hyperspace. I haven't done that since the last Worlds, like, since Mm -hmm. 2.0 started. Uh, Just because, you know, I I told myself, it's like, I'm not dealing with their bullshit anymore. If if they want to, you know, fix some things... You know, I will be all for that and help them out, you know, and, and, and come back and do what I can. And it seemed like they were going to at Gen Con. And then they, like, Gen Con, they did really well. But then they fucked up at Nova and gave and out, like... on the same like, weekend as Dragon Con? I know. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of those judges left there with only a cardboard alt art, oh, like, God. card. It's like... There's yeah. your, oh, th- no. there's your thank you for dedicating like three days to watching other people play a game you want to play. Like, yeah, it's well, so it frustrating. Does, it does seem especially bad at the at that level. Like it is funny how like at the hyperspace trial or the regional level or whatever you want to call it or the store champs. If you're toing a store champ, you know you're doing you're doing it by yourself, right? You're probably it's very unlikely that you have a like a secondary judge with you for a store champ. But you're gonna get a cut. Well, like you're gonna get your own copy of each and every prize. Yeah. In the uh, in the kit, and same thing at the hyperspace trial. You may have a second judge at that that you split the stuff with, but you may you may also do it by yourself. Like I, I did ours by by myself for uh, for our one in Jacksonville. But you know you you get like a pretty well defined amount of stuff. But then at like these high level events where they're like having these you know they're bringing people in a lot of judges in, and they're not giving you guys crap. That's pretty that is pretty messed up. Yeah. It's it's been very frustrating, and uh, that's that's why I haven't been judging much yeah. lately. I like I I went to Adepticon, and they they asked me, "Is like, hey, do you want to come and be head judge?" And I was like, "Are you gonna fix A, B, C, and D?" They're like, "Nope, can't do that." And I was like, "Neat, I'll be playing." Yeah. So. <laughs> like, yeah. Now, to yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on yours a little bit. So, All right. um, I think what I would love, absolutely love to see, and I. I'm I'm more I'm I'm more of an org, more of a I, I kind of put myself more in the tournament organizer category than the judge category. Um, I, I actually really like putting up putting events on um, much more than the judging aspect. But I would love to see an actual like defined calendar of events for the for the year, like when the hell things are going to be like far enough out that you can actually plan travel. And you can actually plan. It is hard when you're on the travel team. What the hell like you're going to go to? You know, yeah. Pop up at the last minute. Yeah, like the biggest, the, like the worst ones are the ones they hold at the conventions. So when they don't announce that there's going to be something at a convention until two or three months out, it's very likely that that convention. Well, it's one, the hotel out. space is probably is, is, is totally effed. So you're probably staying way far away if you decide to go. And then two, obviously you have to pay that extra convention fee 
to go As pay saying, didn't you pay, and play in a tournament. Did you pay to go in a MomoCon? And I'm like, by the way, yeah. you don't have to pay for the gaming. You're like, yeah. you sons of bitches. Yeah, exactly. Like, like MomoCon. Sons of bumpuses. You know, like I, I tried to be a little proactive with MomoCon and I went ahead and bought a badge. And like soon as they, as soon as I knew Cascade Games was going to be going to MomoCon, I, I basically like went and got my badge and booked a room. And then like two or three months out, they're like, oh, we're not actually doing the event at MomoCon. It's at the hotel across the street from MomoCon. So you don't actually need a MomoCon badge. So then I had the $60 MomoCon badge that I didn't want or need at all. And I couldn't get a refund on. So <laughs> it's like it's like things like that. I just think like I would love to see a much more defined and um, organized calendar of events for the year as far as what the hell is going to go on. And yeah, when it's going to happen. That's not unreasonable. Like, I would have liked to have known a little bit. Like, they, they, they had the nebulous, like, Worlds is going to be on be in October for, like, a long time. And then they finally, they did finally announce a date. And they, you know, sold the LCQ tickets. But it would have been nice to know that there was going to be an LCQ, you know, three or four months before they actually announced it. And it would have been nice to know that it was going to be October 15th or 16th or whatever it is. A few more months before. Like, it just a, just a, a little more lead time on this stuff and, and an actual kind of better defined calendar of events that that would be like my like they tried to do it the one the one time when they um when they flipped the whole calendar around when they moved worlds from november to may they put out this whole calendar of like this yeah, is when things day. are going to happen and then all that it just got shit on by 2.0 <laughs> hmm. um but so that's your and, pie in the sky that's your big one i know i'm weird but yeah that's that's no, 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 that would no, no. actually and did you hear that uh that cascade is actually out now yeah it's yeti gaming now or something yeah. uh, or at least that's like yeti gaming has been announced to be doing keyforge stuff i guess right they haven't announced anything about system opens yet so well that was and that's well, another one i actually thought cascade did a great job oh i a did too cascade events oh, unfortunately too, right? unfortunately I, I feel like a big reason cascade has lost it is probably because of the atlanta system open um and, be, and, and, it, and it had a lot it probably has a lot to do with how they with uh with uh what's it called that stupid app um, um best coast Paradise. man if only they used cryodex yeah right well they they, <laughs> they tried we tried <laughs> Oh, did, did you hear that? I was the one who brought them the CrowdX computer in Atlanta. Really? Yeah. So oh, like, yeah, you didn't hear, yeah, no. So I no, I didn't hear about this. Podcast. Yeah. So we were. So we <laughs> were in the, sorry. Yeah, right. Um, that was that was a long, goofy episode. Um, but anyways, oh, we was were. It? That was the Scooter Gang episode that was like three hours long. Um, oh God, well, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah, were, don't, don't go back. Yeah. Well, no, actually, they had good moments though. So, anyways, we go were and just like fast forward every other minute. We were in the first. We um, get the gist of it. We were in the first round, right? And so we finished the first round, and I, my game just ended like really early. Like I, I, I table like whoever I was playing. I table, I tabled them in like thirty minutes or something like that. So I was done like before, way before everybody else. So I noticed, uh, I went to go put in my scores and the app wasn't working. So I go over to um, Ian, um, who, was, who was running the thing, right? And uh, I'm like, hey, you know, I can't put the scores in and stuff. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm ha we're having a little trouble with it. Um, just give me a minute, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. So I'm hanging out for a minute and it's still not working, it's still not working. So he, he ends up, he's like, oh, we, we, it's, it's just not, it, the page is down. Um, Steve from Cascade was like, on the phone with the best coast pairing tech support guy and um it just was it was not it was it looked like you could see the panic in their faces between steve and ian and i was like i was like eh, this doesn't look good so i had my laptop with me i, I always have my laptop with me in general because i'm I, I work in it and i'm basically on call all the time so like they, they're like always they, they like always have your laptop with you so i'm like okay so so i had it back in the hotel room and um 
the uh, so I'm, I'm is it's getting like there's maybe 20 minutes left in the round and it's and people are more people are starting to finish and like bring their scores over so um so I look at, so i go up to ian i'm like um i'm like i don't know like if it would help or not but if you want me to i can go get my laptop i've got crowdx the newest version installed on it because i just run the cac event with it so mm-hmm. i had the like the latest version installed i was like i can go get it and bring it over here and you know at least like have a backup i mean hopefully best coast comes back up which it, it did end up coming back up but because otherwise there was going to be a bigger delay just having to re-enter the whole first round and right. all the pairings and blah 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 and everything into cryodex i mean it would have got kept the tournament going but obviously from a time perspective it would have added further delay so uh so i go and get the laptop and i run back and i get it set up and, I, and then it, like i go into like it guy mode basically and I'm, i i end up like taking over like behind the the desk with steve like at, at his like to station and like i'm like plugging into the printer and getting onto the wi-fi and like doing all like the do, just doing all like the the it guy stuff basically and get crowdx set up and like and like enter all the names and <laughs> i got i got all the names put in i got all 173 players entered into the system and was just about ready to like start read like remaking the pairings and stuff when uh when best coast came back up so <laughs> That was like literally how it happened, but it was it was just it was such a weird it, it was a, it was a weird moment, and I, I I had to I had to run across like because we were staying I was staying in the Westin, so I had to take like a scooter I I took one of those e scooters like the little rental scooters nice. from the hotel, <laughs> so I'm like I'm like flying down through like downtown Atlanta on my scooter, <laughs> but anyways yeah that was just that was just my my fun cryodex story, but <laughs> almost saved it. Yeah, almost saved it. Almost, almost had to, but I mean, fortunately, Best Coast came back up. It was, you know, that was the the better thing to keep the tournament moving faster at that point. But, um, but you know, it it was definitely one of those things. Like, it it was becoming an issue quickly. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was great for you, but hardly great for me. I mean, Superman doesn't look cool if the airplane's engines all of a sudden come back on and it writes yeah. itself. Yeah, right. Uh, right. The boys yet? Because that would have been a better ending. <laughs> The Homelander would have looked a whole lot better if that had happened. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah, yeah, get a TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's not on TV. Get a right. Prime. I don't know about a Joe, TV. Or Carlos. Uh, Carlos, Carlos, what's your pie in the sky, man? Uh, my pie in the sky. My pie in the sky is uh, that FFG officially announces open beta testing for you know, X-Wing and testing out the new waves and they do an open beta and make sure... Jesus, no. Knows. Well, and here's... Okay, so here's my, my whole a, thing That's an interesting it. thought. I could talk on so, this. So, in my reasoning behind, you know what, I think this will open up. And I don't have the perspective... I have a little bit of the perspective of the playtesting. Um, you know, just from some people that have done it before, but not any personal experience. But for me, you know, a, a lot of the kinks and a lot of those, like, really bad, just, you know, things in games in general, and I, I usually take this philosophy from video games, get resolved in open beta because people, most likely regular people, not just dedicated playtesters, break the game. Yeah. So there's if you more get a wide instances, enough audience, somebody else. Yeah, if you have a wide enough game. audience, mm-hmm. uh, there's a better chance of somebody that will find a way to break the game. Yeah. I mean, we've um, certainly seen this me, a thousand times in X-Wing. Like every wave, it seems like there's something that that, that wasn't really noticed or, or caught in playtesting, you know? 
Right. There was always something that was overlooked. And I think if they did something in the sense of that, if they just said, you know what, we'll do open beta testing to a point where there is no NDA, you know what I mean? You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to do it, all that stuff. You just go, hey, I want to sign up for the, the beta testing of the next wave. They can still try to keep things a little secretive, you know what I mean? They don't even have to name anything. They just say, here's points, and here is the ability. And this stuff ends up getting shared into the interwebs, and then the interwebs people do their dissecting. I mean, come on, like, when we, like, in first edition, when they started to announce the points with, like, the jump master, people already knew it was going to be broken as soon as they got announced. So it was yeah. like, no, this is it's gonna be the most broken thing in the game. And there it was, you know, for, for two years, it was the most broken ship in the game. Yeah. You know, and it could have all been avoided if maybe somebody, you know, um, if there was enough buzz, you know, to the point where they go, yeah. you know what, I think this will be detrimental to the game if we release something like this. You know, we should she, listen to the audience. But also that, that requires FFG listening to the audience. Yeah. But then again, that, if that also requires the audience beta, you know, the hell they're talking about, which... <laughs> it, it, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, uh, there is a little bit of a, um, what's the phrase? We're basically just a uh, 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 confirmation bias. Confirmation bias, maybe, but uh, uh, like mentality is a, just a big group. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, like uh, a herd, like a herd mentality. Yeah, a herd mentality, yeah, that's the phrase I was looking for. Sorry, bilingual shit, no, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times you tend to go, well, one person says it's bad, therefore, you know, 12 other people think it's bad, and then it continues on from there. But, but I think overall, you know what I mean? If there's a good plan set about it, you know what I mean? A, a, a lot of times, FFG does do reactionary uh, oh, yeah. FAQs based on the community reaction off of a certain, you know, combo wing or a certain interaction in the game that's detrimental. I mean, come on, we we had a perfect example with the triple epsilons earlier this year. You know, th this is not something that would be like, oh, you know, I, I don't think that it could handle something like this. Because it's like, well, wouldn't it be nice if they, you know, before they release something, people could discover the dirty little secrets that could end up coming out of this, uh, the NPEs, and then all of a sudden they get fixed before an actual release. And, and you know what I mean? There's a limited amount of time, especially with the system that we have now. You can change points, you can change upgrade bars. So there are some, some tweaks that you can do um, to do some slight adjustments. So you don't need to have a never-ending beta um, phase. But, you know, at least get it to the point where you know for a fact you're not going to release something that could yeah. break the game or just make people upset. Well, this, this, uh, this, for me, this brings up a question that maybe, maybe Chico can answer for me. Because uh, you, you mentioned you did some, you've done some playtesting for FFG, right? Right. My, I'm always curious how much they actually listen to you guys. Like... Is there like are are there things that, that I guess have, do you get the impression that do they you get are the impression that they're and, like like how much are there how how often are they just like flat out ignoring warnings? <laughs> that's not too much. Yeah, that's kind of what I. Uh, that's kind of what so I. So to Don't violate for, your NDA by the right, right. Uh, in, in in all in all honesty, most of the most of the playtesting I do is for other games. Mm -hmm. I and mean, you, you can find my name in a smattering of games. A lot of them have Ooh, Cthulhu like, in them. No, like uh, what? I'm curious. Uh, so I, I did the, the Fallout game that 
that recently yep. came out. Uh, the the Cthulhu uh, card game. What's that? Uh, like one? The uh, the, the LCG one, like the new yeah, one. the co-op yeah. one. The the new Marvel game. I got oh, to do that. You oh, uh, so a lo- lot of fun. G- give it a look. Uh, I, I played a lot of I played a lot of the Lotter LCG. Am I gonna like this? The the what? The uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, LCG. LCG. Yeah. So I will. Yeah, like you'll this. like it. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. That's uh, all I wanted to hear, man. New Angeles. I uh, got to work on that. The uh, the Netrunner one that uh, is like impossible to find now for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. I. Mm. Uh, I'm trying. I'm. I'm quickly scrambling through what what's out there. So what's actually released? No, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad you did this because everybody else's pie in this guy was basically better resources for and and support for tos, better resources for or better better community organizing resources was kind of Steve's answer for mm-hmm. you know getting a, a set calendar, and Color said an open beta for playtesting, and my answer is going to look shitty compared to those. Because I don't know if anybody else remembers, but way back in the day, Fancy Flight had the license to do... They had a, a, a licensing contract with Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And they did the StarCraft board game, which I love. Oh, yeah, yeah. The WoW board game, which I get to play once a year because it takes almost a year to play. I like the StarCraft board game. The WoW game was way too much. Oh, yeah, but the StarCraft board game was great. So, I love yeah, that game. Yeah. I, I actually... My daughter's, like, jonesing to play that. Which will be great. I can't we need a Diablo it. dungeon crawler. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like oh Diablo God. dungeon crawler, like Starcraft. Uh, you could do some kind of minis game with. I don't know, Chico. Have you ever heard of the game Tanhauser? No. Tanhauser was a Fantasy Flight, you know, partnership production. But oh my God, Overwatch is like perfect for that. It was basically a hero shooter. Oh, okay. Five yeah. years before hero shooters were a real thing. Yeah, yeah. So like they could do an Overwatch one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh God, they've already said Diablo Dungeon Crawler, but let's say it again because that would be rad. That would be awesome. I'm that so into that. Like FMG <laughs> could do so many more things with so many of their licenses right now, and it would be amaze balls. And I would just, it would literally, I'd be the guy, I'd be the fry meme. Just shut up and take my money. Yeah. So that's like my pie in this guy is that one day they'll just get that license back and tabletop gaming will be amazing again. Yeah, that would be good. I I always think it's interesting. The uh, it, it, to me it's funny watching FFG and a lot of the stuff we're talking about and right now, I think comes down to the fact that FFG is in this weird transition and it's a very long transition. It seems to be taking them forever to realize that they've gone from being a pure board game company to actually being a competitive gaming company and like they like they just have not truly figured that out yet <laughs> like i would but it's so like i said the the my blizzard thing comes down to like they could reskin so many of the games out but like if they just made a starcraft version of of imperial assault yeah like if we could just go into a thing as a space marine or as a zergling or as a protoss mm-hmm. oh all oh, goddamn damn. yeah for sure like we'd be doing that every day yeah like they literally could just take any of the games they've already made and just slap the license right on top you could totally get me in on a, like an imperial assault game that was basically just starcraft and, oh, yeah. and if they just fixed the damn that goddamn x-men, x-men died died because yeah. fuck that thing yeah, yeah. but <laughs> anyways well I, i've been i've been waiting like uh, they, they've they've obviously got something with a Marvel license. Yeah, I, I've been sitting here going like Marvel would be great for Imperial Assault. Oh yeah, uh, I like the, there's like so many expansions there. But now they're they're sister companies doing that that other miniatures game. So I'm like, 
well, cl- clearly they're not going to do a miniatures game now because that's yeah. direct competition. Yeah, so, I, looked like, in, I looked into that one, but that was like an actual minis game that involved like it's a, bit, a, yeah, that's a like, point total and painting the minis and yeah. all sorts of other things that I don't want to do. That's like Legion, you know. It's yeah, like, it's just not not my. It looked more like the DC one that came out. Yeah, and that's just not my type of game. Yeah. So. Certainly looks super cool. I, I love them. I, I actually, I, I really love Imperial Assault. I just think there were some very core design, fundamental design issues with that game um, from a comp- for a competitive play. It made a lot that, of compromises so that it could also be a dungeon crawl. You're like, I don't. Yeah. Well, the pro- no, I, I think it made compromises so that it could be a, so there could be a competitive game. Like, I think they built a dungeon crawl game. And then they said, how can we slap a competitive aspect onto this? Mage Knight and Mage Knight Dungeons did it the other way around. Yeah. Where it was primarily a skirmish game, and they also threw this dungeon crawl thing on top of it. Yeah. And, like, it did the same thing where it had to make compromises that just didn't, just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I love Imperial Assault. Like, I will play the campaign for that any day of the week. But the, the skirmish side of it just got so ridiculous. Like, it was... Uh, they, they had... They had just, like the amount of errata and like core mechanics issues in that game, in that in, from a, in the skirmish side, were just as, asinine to me. But which yeah. is like I I completely agree. Which which is really funny when you realize I was a play tester for the core set. Yeah. And I spent most of my time in the competitive side, yeah. and I haven't touched competitive since. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, it was like I mean, they had the whole thing was like. I think they had this idea in their head is like, oh, you know, like when Imperial Assault first came out, it was what was it? The uh, Royal Guards and it was like the Royal Guards and the officers, right? Four Royal Guards, yeah, four, four yeah. officers. That was like the big medalist. And you had to buy, well, didn't you have to buy like four core sets or something to make that work or two or multiple core sets? And a yeah, like, $100 a core set. So they like, you could tell they had this idea in their head that like, oh, nobody will ever do that. Nobody's going to buy th- four core Nobody sets. Nobody would spend a bunch of money like, to win a game. have you met competitive like, players no, really? before? Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, of course they'll buy I four core sets would. to make that it's list. <laughs> but yeah, that's my pie in the sky is that one day I'll turn it on and they're like, by the way, all these properties that are like designed and coded in their DNA to be games are now going to be tabletop games that you could just sit down and love. Yeah. That's my pie in the sky. It looked very different than your guys. I apologize. No, I, that's fine. <laughs> that's my perspective. Yeah. So, but, uh, um, talking about articles, I guess. Let's well, segue. I don't know, man. I think we, uh, uh, we, I think we did a long time on that. Yeah. Right? Did, yeah. So there is an epic. Ha, Joe an, successfully ate up all yes, the time. There is an epic article out that for the ten, for the uh, for the ten of four um, with all with a bunch of new spoilers and information. That we're totally gonna talk about next week. That uh, we will talk about next week because oh, we have yeah. used a lot of time. So, <laughs> um, all right. Do we have uh, any shout outs? Any shout outs anybody wants to make, Joe? Uh, yes. Shout out to Steve and I went to a uh, a concert on Saturday night. Oh yeah. For which Steve did not have tickets. Oh yeah, so, we didn't tell the story. So shout out to the guy that we randomly met outside, Charlie. Charlie that we had beers with. Yep. That randomly knew the promoter of the show, who I'd also like to give a shout out to for randomly taking 25 bucks cash from Steve and putting his name on the list as if he's known Steve for years. Yes. And Steve getting to go in and see Strung Out and us having a good time. That was awesome, yeah. That was my shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. we showed up to the Strung Out concert. Joe and Joe and his wife Tiffany had already bought their tickets. I had totally forgotten the show was happening until like the day of and had not bought tickets. So I was like, oh, fuck it, you know, I'm sure I can get in. So we go. Nah, it's sold out as soon as we get there. So we just hung out like in the, like by the front door for about, I don't know, like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, maybe yeah, maybe an hour yeah. and maybe an hour. And we, we ran into this other guy out there who was also looking for a ticket named Charlie. And, uh, but turned out he 
knew the promoter. I don't remember the promoter's name. And he's like, I was like, oh, I, I was like, well, you know, if you no, talk it's fat to him. Harry. Fat Harry. Is fat name. Harry. Okay. He's not fat. It's an he's not. Name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, hey, can you, uh, I'm like, hey, can you help me out? And like, you know, I, I'm still looking for a ticket too. If, if, if you talk to him, you know, hook me up, see if you can get me on the list too. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. So then the promoter guy comes out and, and we go over and talk to him and he's like, he's like, yeah, just give me the cash or whatever. I'll just throw you guys on the list. Just wait till the, the line dies down. You know, and this is like a sold out show in like a place that only holds like 500 people. So <laughs> I felt very good about getting into that concert. So, so that was, that was excellent. I was duly impressed. That's actually all my shout outs. Yeah. All right. Uh, Carlos, you got anything? Uh, no, not really. Just, okay. uh, it was uh, fun doing this again. Yeah. Once a week. Heck yeah. Yeah. Getting back into the groove. Chico, you got anything you want to bring up? I'd, I I was struggling to come up with something. And uh, uh, you, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to go with FFG themselves. And the, <laughs> yeah. reason, the, the reason for this shout out is because they actually used Cryodex at Gen Con. Yeah, that was awesome. Yes. And I was super stoked. Yeah. And I have it on good authority... That Cryodex is going to be at Worlds. Nice. Nice. And well, part of much, that... I feel much better about not having to take an extra lunch break at some point. Right? <laughs> yeah, when something and, crashes. And, and part of that whole thing is because they asked me today to write a custom module Ooh. for a side event they're doing that they couldn't find any software anywhere else to handle. Nice. So they were like, I guess we'll ask Chris. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Good on you, man. Very yeah. cool. Steve, uh, go shout they're out. accepting me. Yes, you're accepting. You're you like, love me. You yeah. really love me. I know, right? You're all like official now. It's crazy. Um, all what right. are you doing this podcast for? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what did Steve tell you this was going to be like? <laughs> uh, Swearing in alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, good. That's in exactly that case, what yeah, I said. That's the draw. Represented. <laughs> Honesty um, and advertising. Yeah. So I did, uh, did want to bring this up because um, another thing that happened, this was like the weekend of Steve. Like this was a great weekend for me, actually. Like I had a lot of good things happen over this weekend. So we went to uh, Ancient City Con here in Jacksonville, which is just a small Saint little, Saint, down in St. Augustine, which is a little, a small little convention, with, you know, but just a little local thing. Um, my kid wanted to go and Joe's kid wanted to go. Yep. So we all went. My daughter wins the sorceress from He-Man because yep. she's badass. And uh, so last year at Dragon Con, um, I had found this artist uh, who just makes like, I'm not like a huge, like I like, I like artwork and like, I like that kind of stuff, but I'm not like a huge, like, I don't buy a lot of it. And uh, very rarely, almost never. And, but this guy, like his stuff was so awesome. And, and then I found him at Dragon Con last year and I bought it and I bought uh, this incredible like Darth Vader um uh, our, you know, artwork. It's hard to explain. Basically, it's like, he like etched, it it's in. like etched ink. So he takes a piece of glass and he covers it in black ink and then he etches out the actual image and then he'll add some like paint and other stuff on the back of it to to give it some color and Steve depth. Steve will put a picture of the picture. I'll, I'll put pictures. I'll Instagram. put pictures of the stuff on on the interwebs because I, I really do want to give this guy a shout out because I think his stuff's incredible. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, it'll be on so, um Anyways, his name is C.J. Drayden, and uh, he's a Florida man, actually. Yeah, he is a Florida man, and um, we I ran into him at uh, so I saw him at Dragon Con last year. I had this whole plan that I was going to go to Dragon Con this year, find him again, and buy another piece from him because I, I want you know I figure I'll just buy one from him every uh, every year at Dragon Con. That was kind of like my thing in my head. I figured it was just going to happen. 
So I get to Dragon Con, I go to the I go to the artist gallery area and he's not there. And I'm like looking around, I'm like, damn it, he's not here. And I was I was I was uh, quite perturbed by this. So then we go to Ancient City Con this weekend, and I sure enough run into the guy at Ancient City Con at like this tiny little convention in St. Augustine, Florida. <laughs> so there he was, and um, I went ahead and bought another piece. I got I got a really uh, badass Boba Fett piece, and um, Joe and I talked to him for a while. So um, I'm definitely gonna I'll post some stuff up on our Facebook page. On, if anybody's going to do it, he said his next thing he's going to be at is uh, New York Comic Con. Yeah, so, he so goes, if any of our listenership actually goes to Comic Con. Yeah, he goes to New York City Comic Con every year. It's his it's his biggest thing that he does. But the other cool thing he does is he does custom pieces at the cons. So if you're at the con and you have a, a, a particular thing you want, he takes orders and he stands there the whole day and makes art um, and makes more of these, um, you know, custom things that people order throughout the day. Uh, plus, on top of the ones that he's already made and has up for sale. So uh, anyways, CJ Drayden, check him out. I'll post more of it on our Facebook page and stuff. But I think the guy's awesome. I really love his work. So anyways, that is my shout out. That's our contribution to the arts. That's my contribution to the arts, to the art world. This podcast does not count. He does a lot of cool stuff. It's not just Star Wars stuff. He does all sorts of comic book the and really, pop culture. The video culture. game stuff is like the he does, stuff. Yeah, he does some really cool video game stuff. He does some really cool um, Marvel stuff. Actually, I came very close to buying um, that Spider-Man or Venom. He had some yeah. really cool Spider-Man stuff. He had some uh, uh, Dragon uh, stuff. Ball ones, too, didn't he? Yeah, some really cool Dragon His Ball Z stuff. Cool for that. Um, yeah, he had all kinds of different stuff. He did a Kirby that was absolutely terrifying. Yes. Don't buy that. Yell yeah, yeah. It's very... Yeah, it's, 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 his work is, is very, um, like, scary. expressive. And it can be a terrifying. little scary, but I like it. So Makes my stuff shrivel. <laughs> Anyhow, that's it for us. Um, Joe, you gonna, you gonna take us out? All right, uh, Chico, we have a saying here down in Florida. You know what we say? No... We say dials down, bottoms, bottoms up. up.